You're listening to episode 12 of the Practice Brave podcast. Welcome to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm interviewing Casey Thomas Hardesty. She is a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach and all around really well-qualified coach. And today we're going to be talking about a very sensitive subject on miscarriage and infant loss. So if this is something that you feel you are not interested in or you're not ready to listen to, I just want to put that out there that this episode does talk about a lot of sensitive subject matter, but we do feel that it's important to bring a voice and information to women who are navigating miscarriage and infant loss and also to the coaches that are working with them and friends so that we can all know how to better support a woman who is grieving. So I really encourage you to listen to this entire episode because we cover so many aspects of support and resources available for women. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. This episode of the Practice Brave podcast is brought to you by strength.com and their line of sports nutrition products built by strength. One of the things I love about this company is that all of built by strength products are clean natural and NSF certified for sport, meaning they are third-party tested to ensure that what's listed on the nutritional panel is only what's in the product and nothing more. This is true of less than 1% of the supplements that are out there today. Even better, these products are safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding. You can learn more about our sponsor at www.briannabattles.com backslash built by strength. Hey guys, welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm here with my friend and colleague. She's also a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, Casey Thomas Hardesty. She is the owner of Two Peas Wellness in Kentucky. And today we're going to be talking about a pretty sensitive topic, miscarriage and infant loss. And so I do want to put this disclaimer out there that we're going to do our best to bring to light some conversation that that we have to have as women, as coaches, because there's so many different women who experience loss of some kind along a huge spectrum. And we want to bring some education and awareness to miscarriage and loss and do it in a way that that gives you support and resources. So Casey, thank you so much for being with us today and being willing to have a really vulnerable conversation. Um, I know it's going to help a lot of people. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I am a mom of three little boys. I'm also a mom that has experienced a miscarriage of twins. Um, And that kind of led me into this path that I'm on now with fitness. So I am a nutritional therapy practitioner, a CrossFit level one. And as you said, the owner of Two Piece Wellness, I specialize in fitness and nutrition for core and pelvic floor health and helping women to be able to move freely and feel confident in their bodies again. I love it. You're so versatile and intelligent. I've learned so much from you, especially recently with a lot of things that have come up in my own coaching where I felt like I needed to know more about the spectrum of of miscarriage and infant loss and then how it pertains to a lot of the women and athletes that I work with. So thank you so much for for educating me over the, the past year, I would say. You're welcome. 
So we're going to dive into this, you guys. And again, I just want to provide a just like almost a trigger warning for a lot of these things. We are going to do our best to be very sensitive, ask these questions well, answer them well, and just know that we're doing our best and it might be imperfect, but we really want to be able to provide some context and information for you guys if you're experiencing any loss, if you have experienced it, and if you're supporting somebody through a loss. So Casey, can you tell us what the spectrum of miscarriage and infant loss is? Yeah. So like we've talked about before, it's definitely important to know that there is a spectrum and a range to pregnancy and infant loss. You know, we will use the term miscarriage in a lot of these questions, but there's more than just that. So miscarriage is anything under 20 weeks gestation. And there is a large range of things within that. Usually the numbers for that is like one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. Stillbirth is any loss after 20 weeks of gestation. um, And that is typically at about one in 100 pregnancies. And then you have infant loss, which is the loss after a live birth. Also included in this are an ectopic pregnancy and abortion. I think a really key point to understand is that loss is loss. It doesn't matter how it happens or how early your loss happens. Your loss is still valid and your feelings are still valid. I love that. Thank you so much for clarifying. And I think that saying that your feelings are valid no matter how it happens is a huge way to move past a lot of shame and difficult feelings to navigate. And so we see you and we want to support you if this is something that you have experienced. So what like, what are some of the early signs of a miscarriage and what should a woman do initially during and after? I know I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, I'm, I'm having a miscarriage. Like, what do I, what should I do? Like, what, what do I expect? And I mean, obviously there's a lot of different considerations at play here. So what do you tell somebody who's in those early, early stages? Yeah. Of like the I, now, the now what, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I've had women reach out to me. They're like thinking it's happening like right this minute, you know? And so early signs of a miscarriage or loss, things like bleeding, cramping, contractions, passing tissue. Again, it's important to know that there's a range to all of this. So you just because you experience spotting or bleeding in the beginning of a pregnancy doesn't mean that you can't go on to have a successful pregnancy. Any cramping can be anything from like round ligament pain to contractions. So, you know, first of all, I would tell anyone that if you are unsure or have concerns, definitely contact your doctor, um, your midwife, obviously in an emergency go to the hospital, but they can do a round of tests to either confirm for you or help ease your anxiety if that's happening, depending on how far along you are in your pregnancy will determine the course of your treatment and next steps. I would say in general, you're likely to be asked questions, um, given a physical exam, a blood test to check your hormone levels, possibly an ultrasound, and you may have to have follow-up blood tests to confirm that those levels are either rising or dropping. All of those will help your provider determine if a loss has occurred or is in progress. Initially, if 
you know, a woman reach out to me, I always encourage them, you know, obviously after seeking treatment to take time to rest and recover, even if it's just a week, even if you aren't experiencing major symptoms, you were pregnant and your body is in the midst of a recovery, um, not only physically, but mentally as well. I also highly encourage women to book an appointment with a mental health counselor for grief counseling and ask for help when and where you need it, not trying to minimize what is happening in your body or your feelings, but actually asking for and accepting help. Which is so hard for any woman to do. What are some ways that we, if we know somebody who is experiencing loss, can help? First of all, words matter. If your sentence is going to start off with at least, you probably shouldn't say it. Mm, Um, Amen. Love that. So not, you know, at least you can get pregnant or at least it was early or, you know, don't. Don't try to problem solve or look for areas of blame or figure out what went wrong. The woman is likely doing that enough on her own without you having to add to it. Just be there to listen to them. You know, miscarriage because of stigma and a whole host of things can often be very isolating and lonely. So letting them know that you're there can just help lessen that burden. Um, You don't have to try to fix or solve anything. Just listen. And I would also say that if you are in that and you're asking, you know, like, how are you doing? Really make sure that you are in a place to receive that information as well. You know, if you're in a place to receive someone being able to say, I am in a shitty position right now, I need help. Check in over time is a big one for me and for the women I work with, you know, not just that day or the next day, but, you know, as holidays, due date, loss anniversaries, that can kind of reactivate that grief. So check in then too, not just immediately after offering physical support. So I know that, you know, we'll probably chat more about this later on, but Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, just being postpartum, you know, if a mom brings home a baby, we meal prep, we house clean, we run errands, you know, we do all these other things. And I don't see that happening a lot for miscarriage and loss moms. And I think it's something that needs to happen um, because they're recovering physically as well. And then they have that additional mental burden and grief. So that just some, you know, just easy, tangible, small ways to support. Absolutely. And I think that's just showing up and holding space without having to problem solve is the biggest thing. And I know that people think that trying to troubleshoot and say, oh, well, don't worry, it'll happen. Like that's in my experience as a friend supporting friends. I mean, that's not what they want to hear. They just sort of need somebody to sit there under the blanket with them. Yes. So what I, in my experience, again, as a coach, I see a lot of people who are afraid that they caused this with the exercise that they did or something about their their habits or lifestyle that they were the problem. How can we have a conversation surrounding that? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I've been there too. You know, you I think it's a natural part of grief and loss that you just question and you second guess yourself and look for things that you could have controlled. You know, you always talk about it. 
in regards of, you know, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism, things of control what you can. And, you know, this is one thing that you can't control. And just knowing that and letting that go is hard. But there is, there's no evidence that exercise, even high impact movements like jumping and running is associated with higher incidence of pregnancy loss in otherwise healthy individuals. You know, there's obviously a range to exercise, you know, what does that look like for you? I would obviously avoid things that are kind of contraindicated in pregnancy anyways, like scuba diving, high impact sports, things like that, that just increase your risk for injury. But for, you know, anything else like miscarriages and exercise, you know, they're, they're not correlated. The hard part is that sometimes we just don't know what happened or what caused it. So we look for things to control and areas to blame. And, you know, and the truth is that there majority of the time there is no one and nothing to blame. And we just have to give ourselves grace for that. Right. I think that's really hard because especially working with athletes, they want to know, well, what did I do and what should I not do next time? And like, I want a game plan. I want to know exactly where this went wrong and what to do about it. So I never have to go through this again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you you can't do that. You can't, I can't give an athlete those exact things. Um, You know, I can support her through her loss. I can support her through a future pregnancy, which can be very triggering. We can look at it in terms of risk versus reward in just overall pregnancy and postpartum athleticism movement. But really, you know, your risk factor is not there for exercise. But you also have to look at this in terms, you know, from a from a mom who's been through this and also from a professional standpoint, there has to be this balance between I call it science, evidence, and humanness. You know, there is no evidence that shows that this, you know, increases your risk. But I understand from an emotional level that you are going to be scared. And so I help moms, you know, kind of pushing them to, you know, the edge of their comfort level where we can, but also very much appreciating, you know, when they're scared to do something. and backing off and that's okay. Right. And it really comes back to making those like as informed choices as we can as athletes. And that's, I mean, like you've said, like the spectrum of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is really measuring what's the benefit of this movement right now. And is this like, why am I wanting to do this movement? And can we navigate that week by week, trimester by trimester so that we are making the appropriate modifications, at least in the ways that we can control. And, and obviously, especially like for a, sec, a pregnancy after miscarriage, I know that the, in my experience, the athletes I've worked with have a completely different approach to their pregnancy after they've mm-hmm. experienced loss. Do you feel that as yeah. well? Yeah. And I did that too. My, after my miscarriages and then going into my pregnancy with my youngest, you know, it was different. It was scary. It was um, looking at this in terms of, okay, what can I do? What is the safest way to do this? And like you said, you just, you have to navigate that in terms of risk versus reward and really, really looking at it of 
here's the evidence. Here's what we know. What are you comfortable with? And if you have a mom that has experienced loss and she's, you know, now being an athlete through a follow-up pregnancy, showing her that, showing her that information, talking to her through that, asking the question of what about this movement scares you? You know, if maybe it's flexion in something. Okay. You don't have to do that. We, here are some modifications for you here. Let's try this movement. Would you be more comfortable with this other thing over here? And, you know, just offering them options really, and allowing them to choose which one is more comfortable for them. Absolutely. I like being able to, as a coach, almost give them permission to take the pressure off of themselves and say like, dude, it's totally okay. Like use an unweighted or unloaded barbell or just use a kettlebell or don't use body weight, like whatever. And like being sure that I, and how I communicate with them is giving them the permission to back off so that they don't feel like, well, I should be doing more, or I guess I can, but I don't know. Like I really, in the, when I, my class that I coach, I like to just remove all pressure from expectations we may have had for ourselves that now look different or just doing things incredibly differently a second time around, third time around, whatever it might be. And just saying, it's okay. You're in here to move in a way that you feel comfortable and in a way that's going to support you right now on behalf of what we can control down the line. Yeah. I mean, you don't need my permission. You're an adult, but at the same time, here it is. Right. And that, that can be freeing for right. an athlete. Right. Um, that mental load that they carry yes. is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And giving, like you said, giving them the options you choose, choose what is most comfortable for you. Any of this will work. Any of this will get you towards your goal of, you know, just movement during your pregnancy. Absolutely. So what about reintegrating into exercise post miscarriage or loss? And I know that's a really broad question, but what does coming back to the gym or like, Hey, I'm really, I'm so devastated, but I feel like fitness is part of my therapy and I want to move. I want to do something. When can I do that? And what should I do? I know these are questions I get a lot. Yeah. So short answer with that. Mm-hmm. I consider these women postpartum. I think there's two sides to that though. You know, on one hand you have feeling like an expectation from society to just kind of jump back in, or, you know, the woman can feel the pressure to jump back in as well. But I think, you know, this was a big one for me and a big one for a lot of the women I work with is that we just don't make the connection to, or we don't relate to being postpartum. So there's absolutely a need for recovery, pelvic floor support and connection and a progressive overload reintroduction to fitness, it just needs to look a little bit different than your typical postpartum class or program. It depends. I I know I hate that. (laughs) I hate that phrase and everybody else does too, but you know, it depends on your loss and it depends. While I say that every loss, loss is loss and loss is valid, your recovery from a loss at six weeks you know, a six week miscarriage versus a 40 week stillbirth will look different. Just like your recovery from a birth without interventions versus a C-section or a third degree tear will look different. So I would 
advise women to, again, take that first week to just feel the feelings, allow yourself some time to recover and, you know, look at it that way. Um, You also have to look at bleeding. So kind of how we look at bleeding postpartum and returning to the gym. Same thing with miscarriage. You know, how is your bleeding level? You know, did you have to have surgery with this miscarriage or, you know, did your body pass on its own? But, you know, you, you look at those things and look at all those factors. And again, it's just going in, doing, connecting to some breath work checking in on your pelvic floor, especially if you were further along in your pregnancy, seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist to double check, you know, kind of your baseline at that point, and then taking it a progressive overload. That doesn't mean that you have to start from a point that a typical postpartum program starts with and take a year to progress but I wouldn't necessarily jump right back into where you left off either. Right. So, and obviously the amount of time bleeding can be extremely variable. And then also like what interventions were used to maybe like if there was a DNC or if it was happening naturally, like how do we know it's safe or okay to get back into the gym based on that? So you're, doctor will give you some guidelines based on, you know, like you said, if you had a DNC or if your body's progressing, I just from my comfort level as a coach and from what I have worked with my athletes, if they're still bleeding, I'd prefer them to not be in the gym in a traditional manner. Mm -hmm. Now, if they want to come in for support and do use that time for you know, their pelvic floor exercises or kind of like the the first six week exercises for postpartum. I'm fine. You know, I would be comfortable with that, but I would really like to see the women having the bleeding stop, especially if you are in a period of heavy bleeding, just again, because that is the time where your body really needs that rest and recovery. Right. Because how long can this process last? I'm sure there's an average, but I know that I've had other clients that have had residual symptoms for a really long time. And that I feel like is not talked about often. So if you have a DNC, your symptoms are likely going to be shorter. But if your body is working through this on its own, um, that can be a long time. I know just my personal experience, which again, I lost twins at two separate times. So there was, mine was a very long process. But after the second loss, I still had a period of three to four weeks, at least all, you know, on my own of the bleeding and really, you know, struggling through that. I will say all of my other pregnancies have ended in a C-section. My recovery from my miscarriage was much more taxing on my body than the C-section recovery, just as a personal experience. And so when we talk about now being postpartum, even if it's not in the traditional sense that we had always viewed the word postpartum as, I think that's a really like helpful thing for women to keep in mind is that this is a very 
physiologically and mentally taxing thing for your body to experience. And so giving yourself that space, both physically and mentally to recover is, I mean, it's critical. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that even connecting to the word postpartum, you know, I, it's Mm -hmm. not that I didn't connect because I didn't feel like I was postpartum. It, the thought literally never crossed my mind. Right. Um, because I had never heard anyone say that I, no one ever told me that I just, I had my miscarriages. I was off work for a week and then I went back to halfway, you know, halfway doing life, um, while still recovering. And I think had that thought been introduced, things would have looked different for my process, you know, because I didn't make that connection to being postpartum. I jumped back into things probably before I should have. And I jumped back into them in a manner that's much more progressive than I would tell any athlete to do at this point. And again, it's just not making that connection. And that doesn't mean that you have to do clamshells and heel slides for, you know, four to six weeks. It just means to, again, give your body some time and space and grace to, to heal and then progressively get back in. Right. And so it's, I think some people are really tempted. We talk about in the coach course, how a lot of athletes manage their mental health with exercise. And we have to say, well, exercise can absolutely be a part of your mental health game plan of like, you can't out exercise depression and anxiety. It can absolutely help. But if obviously there's so much trauma that has occurred uh, with any loss. And so getting that, that help in your recovery process is, is really critical. And knowing that going out and running six miles might be what you want to do, but it's not what your body is ready for right now. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, it was a very humbling experience for me, even walking. I was worn out with walking and, you know, yet at the same time, I'm not considering myself postpartum and I'm trying to get back into weightlifting and, you know, all the other things. And, you know, like you said, just, just taking that time and using those resources and the whole recovery aspect of it can be huge. Absolutely. So as coaches, if we have somebody come to us and we know that they've had a miscarriage or it's something that they share with us, what should be our first reaction? I'm sorry for your loss. Because again, words matter. Literally just let them know that you are sorry that they're going through this and that um, you are here to listen or, you know, anything that they need, ask them what they need, what their goals are. Um, you know, if they're coming to you and saying, I just had a miscarriage last week and I want to come back to class, you know, looking at that and saying, how can I help you? Are there, you know, ways that we can set up a consultation with them? And in that consultation, just kind of walk through the same thing you would do with anyone that's coming back for maybe surgery or something, you know, let's do a movement screening and let's see how you're moving, how your body's feeling, understanding, like you said, that sometimes people are just going to want to get back into class and that's their choice. You know, we can't take their choice away from them. So they make that choice, but I like to give them as much informed 
of a choice and arm them with that information beforehand. And, you know, just moving or watching them move and asking them how they feel with it. And like you said earlier, giving them permission to back off if they need to, I think will really help. Absolutely. And so Casey, what resources do we have to support the women in our life that maybe are experiencing miscarriage or loss, or if anyone listening is currently going through that or has experienced it, like what is our first line of defense resource wise of like what to expect? What should I do? What should I not do? Things like that. Yeah. So I have a free download on my website that walks you through some of the basics of what to expect, what to do next, where to start with recovery and a list of other resources where you can seek support. Outside of that, I would definitely reach out to your OBGYN or midwife for counseling options, um, grief counseling options, see if there are support groups in the area, if that's something you'd be interested in. They should have a list of information for you. They may not readily just hand it to you, but they should have that information. Well, that's really great. I'm so glad that um, you have used part of your personal experience to help grow your professional effort and creating these resources for women who are experiencing loss, who maybe have never thought to consider themselves postpartum, now have a little bit of guidance and permission to to acknowledge that aspect of it. And so you guys, I will be linking to Casey's resources in the show notes so that you can go there and read more, learn more. Casey, where can we find you at? I am mainly on Instagram. It's at two peas wellness, or you can visit my website, two peas And you guys can learn more about what she does there. Casey, thank you so much for being with us today and having this really vulnerable conversation. And you guys, if you have any questions or want to talk to Casey, please don't hesitate to reach out and I can help facilitate all of that as well. So thank you so much for listening, Casey. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you guys next week. This episode of the Practice Brave podcast was brought to you by Strength.com and their line of clean, natural, and NSF certified for sport nutrition products built by Strength. If you're looking for effective supplements that are safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding, head to Strength.com for 25% off your first order. Use code PRACTICEBRAVE. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Talk to you soon.